Welcome to Me Time, the podcast for women in midlife who've been taking care of everyone else and now say, it's my turn to take care of me. I'm Kim Aceto, health and self-care coach for women in midlife and your host. Thank you for spending your precious me time with me right now. Enjoy the show. Okay, so today I have invited Walker Thornton back on the podcast. And if this is your first time hearing about Walker, let me give you her bio again. So Walker Thornton is an author and public speaker advocating the idea of aging unapologetically. She helps women embrace the next stage of life with joy and abandon and a touch of practicality. Her approach to talking about sex and aging is refresh refreshingly positive. Walker writes for several women's websites. Her book, Inviting Desire, a guide for women who want to enhance their sex life can be found at Amazon and other online booksellers. Walker, my friend, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, thank you. Tickled yeah. to be here. Yeah. Oh, I love having you on and that's why I invite you. I thought I had you on last year, but I guess I didn't when we talked recently. I don't think we've talked since 2020. Couldn't believe that. I think that's right. Yeah. 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 Well, I follow you on Instagram. And so I kind of know what's going on. And I really enjoy that. And we follow a lot of the same uh, people and, and I don't know, other, other names, I guess, right. however you want to say other profiles. Um, so I, I, um, I like that. That's really cool to see. And uh, yeah, when we were catching up the other day, I just kind of like to ask you where you are and what's been going on in your life. And um, we know last time we had you on the podcast, um, you know, you had a health emergency and, um, and then of course we had the pandemic and just so much has happened. Um, but when we were talking recently and catching up, um, something really was interesting to me and I'm always interested in your dating and your sex life and your, and, um, you know, what's going on with your life. I think it's, it's really interesting. You always have valuable things to, to share. So, um, something that we talked about was, um, kind of valuing yourself more. I don't know. That really stuck out to me. Um, and valuing yourself more in the realm of expressing your needs to men. And I thought we could have a conversation about that today. Um, so maybe you want to kind of start off by just uh, maybe sharing your um, one of your dating experiences through the pandemic. Would you be willing to do that? <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm okay. always laughing about that. Um, you, you put pandemic around it. So there's only been one, but you know, I've had a number of dating experiences and each time I get a little better at catching myself, um, being stuck in a place that's not right for me. And um, the, I just finished seeing a person who I had known for a long time, I'd actually seen before and who had um, expressed an interest in seeing me and, and was in an awkward place himself. And so I went into it fully knowing that I was seeing someone who wasn't really available, not in the way that I define available. Um, but having, you know, enjoying myself. And, but in that process of, you know, enjoying having male energy around someone in the house, 
someone who actually enjoyed cooking, who could, you know, would open the wine and we would have nice long conversations. I began to realize um, a, a pattern I have that I, I think I've always had in my life when it came to men of putting their needs first. And I think I told you the other day, I found this individual on um, Instagram. I don't know what her real name is, but she goes by Alex um, underscore, you know, I think that's what it would be, L-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. And she made this comment. She wrote this little thing about women prioritizing comforting men over taking care of themselves. And it, it just kind of hit me because I realized that I was seeing this man who, if he didn't really have time for me, didn't bother to communicate. It's kind of like, well, if I'm not going to see you, what's the point? Um, who, who, without really getting into the nitty gritty of this, um, didn't really listen to me. I mean, I, I did get to practice with him because it was pretty unattached. And so that was kind of nice to be able to say, well, this is what I want. Um, these are the things I like. Um, and to counter some assumptions like this text of, well, I like to spend the night with people because I have sex in the morning. I like morning sex. And, it, and I got to say, well, <laughs> you assume that someone would want to have sex in the morning. And so I got to practice saying some of this stuff, but then I realized I wasn't really speaking up, that I was still putting up with um, behavior um, that didn't really satisfy me and that I was giving up my own needs and desires for somebody else. And, 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 then, and then felt challenged over being able to say it which has always kind of been the issue for me is feeling confident enough in myself. And this is where the value piece would come in in being able to say, I don't want to see you anymore. I need something different from this or, or whatever it is that I needed to say. And I was successfully able to do that in this one quickly and comfortably. And, and that and it sort of felt like an, a, another milestone for me in terms of using my voice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you had thought about this before, maybe with previous men, but this is the first time that you actually took action and started to express your needs. Um, is that right? I've, I've taken action before and I've ended relationships before, but not without waiting an awful long time not without sitting there going, well, I'll just give him a little more time, right? I know he's really busy. Well, yeah, he's really not quite over his, his wife who died. Um, and, you know, and I, sometimes in the midst of my most fraught moments, I will lie awake in the middle of the night and rehearse all the things that I should have said or that I could say, but I don't say them. So I've, I've caught myself doing this several times, but never have I as quickly and cleanly and, and from a place of valuing myself just said this is not what i want i don't want you to contact me again um and and it was part of that realization um that I, that i wasn't really losing anything by speaking up for myself whereas in past years um there's always been this sense of if i I need to work to make this person like me because I need to be liked. And so this was a place of me valuing myself enough to say, 
why am I doing this? And, and being just real open about it. And so it was, um, it was refreshing. I mean, I, I can't say that I'm not still a little angry and frustrated with that male behavior and with my own, um, my own, how do I want to phrase that? With, with the behavior where I see that someone is terribly flawed, I see that I'm about to walk into a situation where quote, air quotes work is needed and yet I still walk in. Um, you know, and I, I take- oh, Go ahead, Locker. Yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, um, I want, is this, do you think this is like a gendered thing in that, um, are you, do you, do you find that you're able to express yourself and your needs and your value and all of that to other women, but you have a harder time with men or, or is it, is it just an issue you think of valuing yourself enough, enough to express for express what you want and need to anybody? No, I think it's a gendered issue for me, mm. very much mm -hmm. a gendered issue. Mm -hmm. And I can, I can remember my mother saying once when I was a teenager, she overheard me canceling a date on the phone um, and chastising me, you know, you shouldn't really do that with boys or you shouldn't really say that. The message that I got um, growing up, I'm 67. So I was, you know, my teen years were in the, um, early 70s. So the message that I grew up with from a small rural town um, was that I needed a man to be more likable. And then I, because I was a talkative child at school, not at home, um, that I needed to curb that, that men would not appreciate or boys would not appreciate that if I was overly talkative and that I looked assertive, well, aggressive, and so I learned early on that it was important for men because I wanted male attention. My dad died when I was a teenager. And I think that was the piece of it. Um, I learned early on that there, that women, we were meant to make ourselves more pleasing to men. And that has certainly played out in the relationships I've been in and in the way I've, um, shown up in sexual relationships as well. Um, assuming that men knew better, that men would control the pace of the dating, would control the sexual behavior, that men got to make the decisions and that I needed just to, to make sure I did what I could do to keep the guy. And I, I think it, I think is everything, at least in my case, to do with male, female roles and upbringing. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. And, um, and you have brothers as well, right? You, you said two brothers, I think when I talked with you, Yeah, I have three brothers, three brothers, I have three brothers, I had two sons. And I was always my father was an alcoholic, and he died um, when he was 43. And I think that somewhere I developed this, this idea, even before he died, when I was much younger, that if I could somehow be a more pleasing daughter, that I could change him, that I could have a better relationship, that somehow um, things might be different. And I think I have always been thrust in that caring, um, comforting role 
as a as an individual that that was what I was meant to do, and um, I've I've always centered that more than my own needs. And yeah, this, and you know, and and this was something I I realized maybe ten to fifteen years ago, and I've been slowly sort of working on it and fall back certainly in in dating relationships but um you know these last four or five years three or four years have really had me very strongly saying well this is not how i see this going and being able to say it yeah you know walker i mean why i love talking with you so much is that you're just so honest and authentic about you know your own struggles right even um I mean, it's just, I, I find it very refreshing. And that's why I like to have you on the podcast too, because I think that you say things and you bring things up in a way that women can be like, yeah, I get that. Or I, I've been through something similar, or I'm experiencing that now or whatever it is. Um, so I really appreciate that. Uh, so, you know, another thing you shared with me when we chatted the other day, was um, something that I caught that you said, and I thought was really interesting, is um, you talked about the fact that you're starting to say exactly what you want to say to men, but doing it cleanly. And I thought that was interesting, cleanly. And I, I think I asked you, like, what do you mean by cleanly? And, and I think you said something about not saying, like not expressing your wants and needs angrily. Right? So, so my question is, um, you know, a lot of times we women, we get to the place where, you know, we haven't spoken up and we can get resentful, we can get angry, and then that can come out that way. Um, why would you say we don't want to be angry, maybe, when we start to express our wants and needs with men? Okay. So two things. For, so first, for me, to speak it cleanly, also means sort of to practice brevity without going into a whole lot of, of um, excuses or conversation. I just simply said in this particular situation, I don't want to see you anymore. And I, I got specific enough to say, you know, here's, you know, here's where the issue is, but without going on this long harangue so that I don't attack them, I don't make excuses for myself. And there are no further hooks in there. There are no, um, I grew up with passive aggressive people, so I, I try not to go there either. So that's a piece of the cleanly for me. But because I haven't always had a whole lot of practice in speaking my truth with men, I have in the past, not recently, done it in a way that looked angry from the male perspective. Now that may have been their take on having someone being assertive and sort of straight and sort of masculine energy wise, which can be taken as anger for men who are used to women being softer. But I, I mean, I think there's a place for anger. I think there's a place to say, you know, I'm really pissed off at how this went down and I'm done with you. I mean, I, I think that's okay. But I also think um, aside from my challenge with expressing anger, is that it muddies the water. I mean, the, you know, if we're clear on our boundaries, if we're clear on how we feel about ourselves, it maybe it's not necessary to get all angry at them in person. Maybe it's just easier to say, you know, I'm done. 
this is not what I want, or you did X, Y, Z that disrespected our previous conversation and let it go there. You know, I mean, you could, you could rant and rave, but I think for men, when women um, get real, it's easy for men to see us as being overly emotional and angry right. comes into that piece as well, I think. You know, so we're always, and, and I was raised to be nice, you know, just like drippy, sweet, nice. And I'm obviously not that kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a very nice person, but I'm just you not, you know. No, you're, um, you're not that um, uh, no, overly not. flowery. No. Right. Yeah, you're not but, that. But, but my default with men is to be nice. And so to be angry feels new and and challenging. I mean, I, I get angry, but I try not to get angry directly to people. And and maybe I'd feel better if I got angry to their faces, but um, I, I, I'm a little challenged by getting angry with men. It feels a little dangerous in this day and age to me to, um, to challenge a man. And I think that's a, that's a, um, I think that's a function of the anger I see in in the male female situation globally. Right. Yeah, it's interesting how like a lot of this also just comes back to fear because I mean, I don't know how to talk to men. I, I really don't. Um, I mean, even yesterday I went to the I go to a barber. It's just a very, you know, cheap barber haircut, I, you know, because I have this really short hair. And, um, you know, I used to go to a, a woman, um, hairdresser and she'd actually take like two hours to cut my hair. And, but I thought we got along really well. We had great conversation and all of that, but I wanted to try just a guy, you know, going in, just cut my hair, snip, snip, snip. I'm out of there in 15 minutes kind of thing. And, um, yeah, I just, I just find myself and I'm, I'm in a relationship with a woman, you know, so I, I don't really have a lot of men that I hang around with. And my dad lives in Los Angeles. I live in Vancouver. So, um, and I don't have a lot of male friends. So yeah, I, I really don't know how to talk to men. And it's interesting how, um, you know, we just kind of go back to those ways that we were taught or how we were, um, you know, reprimanded or, or whatever in the past, you know, but for me, and I don't know if this is a general thing with women, with us is um, it, a lot of it just stems from fear, you know, like you were talking about fear of not being liked. Um, I would say my fear comes from the fact that a man, if I say the wrong thing or I act the wrong way or whatever, the man could um, get angry with me and could hurt me in some way. Right. So um, yeah, it's interesting. Again, you know, I'm, I'm faced with this, you know, just every once every four weeks, I guess, when I go and I get my hair cut, um, I just don't know how to talk to them. And I find myself asking them lots of questions and just trying to make sure that they are okay. You know, they're not going to get upset or, um, yeah, I just, it's, it's strange. It, you know, it, this, this situation that happened a couple of weeks ago with this man I was seeing has, and then a couple of other, uh, national things. I mean, even Prince Andrew, for for example, I'm just confronted with and so frustrated with the very um, 
I'm sure there are proper words for it, the very privileged sort of attitude that many men, hyper-masculine, macho men walk through the world with, and that expectation that things will just unfold like they want them to, that women are there for their, their pleasure. You know, they're going to tell you to smile. I think you're prettier when you smile and you want to go, well, who gives bleep what you think? I, you know, it, it, we are confronted with needing to wanting sometimes thinking we ought to want and, and having the expectations of men foisted on us that in all situations we will be pleasing, we will be attractive, we will flirt with them. And, and, and then not knowing where to go when that's not on the table, when you don't want to do that, when, you don't, when you're not attracted to men, um, or when you just frankly don't care and you, want to, you don't want to go there, you then are faced with, well, then how do I relate to these people? I mean, it's not to say that we don't have lots of um, friendships with people who we are not physically attracted to or not predisposed to be attracted to. Um, I mean, plenty of us have relationships like that and we do get along and it, and it can be very pleasant. But it, there's always this challenge. I mean, I was sitting in a bar one night, my favorite bar, so I know everybody in there, but I didn't know who this man was. And I was sitting by myself and I was having a drink. He was three or four seats away from me. And he started talking to me, which is fine. And he ended up, this man, this stranger in a bar, ends up telling me that I seem like I have a wall around him, myself, and that I'm not very open and forthcoming with men. Mm -hmm. It did not occur <laughs> to me in that moment to say, strange men hit up on women all the time. And so let's consider that maybe my, what you're getting is resistance to you sitting here passing judgment on me. And it was, it, it was, it was such an odd situation. And I, I wish I could replay it now because I would ask him, you know, how many women do you know who are a little afraid to talk to random strangers in a bar? You know, how many women do you know who just fall all over men and their attempt to be loved and chosen? It was just, the dynamics have always been there, but I think they are more emotionally charged. And I think that there are more men, not all men, um, but that there are more men who are angry at what they perceive to be rejection by women. And so there's fear, and I think you're right, there's also a, a fear of being attacked. And it's really hard to sort out. Um, and some of us are legitimately angry. And, you know, I'm looking at all of this anger I feel right now around men who abuse and who take advantage and, and who, and a little frustration with, with the men who don't know how to really um, look at how they could do relationships differently, how they could look for more equitable situations, how they could ask for consent or how they could um, just stop assuming they control everything. And, you know, um, it's a frustrating place to be in. Yeah. You know, I used to be really angry at men and that has subsided over the years. 
And even more so now when I'm um, realizing that the problem, yes, is, uh, you know, with all this stuff is the men, but the actual problem is like, it's systemic, right? It's our environment, it's our society and how we, where we place men in our society as superior, right? So then they grow up as, you know, sons of possibly mothers who put them on these pedestals and and teach them the opposite things that they teach us girls. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I think I'm, I have shifted my, my own, I wouldn't say anger, because I wouldn't say I'm angry anymore, but I've shifted my um, unhappiness, I don't know how to say it, um, right. to, to actually like society, like we got to change society and how society views women and how society views men and realize that we created all of this. This is not, it's not that men are superior or women are inferior or that women are superior or whatever. Like we have created this and we can make changes. And it, I think a lot of it starts with what you're doing, valuing yourself, speaking up for yourself, expressing your wants and needs and something that I'm doing. Cause it's a, a little bit harder for me, I think verbally to do that, but physically, because you and I have met in person, you know, then you're actually fairly tall as well, but I I'm about five ten. And I have broad shoulders. I have short hair. Um, I often get misgendered, you know, which it just happens because of my, because of the way I carry myself, the way I dress, my expression and all of that. Um, but, you know, walking on the sidewalk, oftentimes when a man is approaching and there's not a whole lot of room, especially now, you know, with COVID in the last couple of years, we've had to kind of keep our space. I would be the one, if I see a man approaching, you know, coming towards me, I will move off the sidewalk to let him walk right through the center. And, um, one way that I've been trying to kind of hold my own space and and start to kind of like try to change these things is, um, by just taking space, not, being an asshole and, you know, getting in the center of the, of the sidewalk, but actually holding my space, um, because I deserve to be on that sidewalk as well. Right. So that's one of the ways that I'm, um, starting to, I think, value myself more with men. Um, and, you know, before we run out of time, I, I always love talking with you and I, we always run out of time, but could you maybe share Walker, um, any women listening who want to start speaking up for themselves as well? Um, maybe how they can begin this journey or your thoughts on that? Yeah. You know, um, sometimes writing out what you want to say helps, uh, at least for me, it does. I practice writing things out. This is kind of what I want to say. Um, practicing it in the mirror, knowing that, um, you know, if, if you know ahead that there's an issue you need to deal with, I find that practicing it can help. But I also think reminding ourselves, if this person I'm talking to respects me, then they can hear what I say. And if I'm going to say something and it's not going to be well taken or it's going to be rejected, then that means that person doesn't have enough respect. And, and, and I've just figured that out. So yay for me. Um, you know, certainly if there, if there's fear of physical danger, then, then it's wiser not to say it, to come and write it down on a piece of paper really angrily and then burn it while you yell, 
you know, I did that <laughs> right. too. Um, right. I burned it. Um, but, but it's hard to do. It is, it, it is a practice. Um, and for me, because I, I learned so much by writing it out, that, that's where I began. But I think, you know, I think we just have to find those small places where we can speak up, whether we practice asking what we need for from the, the male um, guy who works in the produce section at the grocery store. I mean, you know, instead of taking the too soft avocado going up and saying, do you have any more avocados by chance? And saying, thank you, you know, being polite about it, but finding little places that are feel less, um, less triggering or less emotionally laden and practice in small ways. You know, saying to the waiter, well, I prefer to not sit at that table. Can you pick another table for me? Practice where the stakes aren't quite so high, I think is one way to start doing it. And then reminding yourself, I deserve to have whatever. I deserve to have a, a man in my bed who respects what I ask for with sex. I deserve to be able to ask this person not to bother me or whatever it is. It, um, smarting, starting small, I think, you know, is certainly one way to do it. And it, it is a practice and it is hard to do. Um, you know, I've been working on it for years. I've worked from my, with my therapist around it, you know, I identify it, but then there will always come that moment when we, we don't do it. And, and the answer is not to kick ourselves about it or feel this huge regret is to come back and go, hmm, I missed that moment. I could have said this and maybe next time I can do that and use each piece as an, like an aha moment. Right. And, you know, right. yeah. With it's that a good baseline. gauge yeah. to see where we are, I think, when, when we don't and, speak up. Yeah. And the baseline being we deserve to treat ourselves with equal respect, with respect. And we deserve to be with people who value us too, regardless of who they are, you know, friends, family, um, people that we're attracted to. And knowing that it's hard with men because they're not used to it. The average man, I think systematically, as you said, and there's another whole conversation there, um, is not, is not also is not prepared for women to do that. So it is a, it's, it's a learning experience on both sides. You know, sometimes I say to my sons, may I share something with you? So I ask them permission and I, that lets them know that I'm about to offer some advice. They'll always laugh and go, well, go ahead because you're not, not going to do it. But, you know, in getting that person we're about to speak to um, engaged, prepared, and I have something to say, and are you willing to hear it is another way to go about it. Right, right. Oh, Walker, I love our conversations. Thank you so much for coming back and, and sharing. Welcome. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyone listening, if you're interested in following Walker on social media, she's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'll put those uh, links in the show notes. And of course, I shared in, in her bio, she has a book called Inviting Desire, a guide for women who want to enhance their sex life. Um, I'm going to put that in the show notes as well. Um, yeah, and I yes. have a memoir almost done, and I am hoping that later in this year I'll be, it'll be in publication. So awesome! About some Great. of the experiences we've talked about. So thank you. Great, another excuse to have you back, huh? 
Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much again, Walker. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you find the Me Time Midlife podcast valuable, please tell your friends about it. And if you haven't yet, you can also subscribe to the podcast or leave a positive rating or review, which is always greatly appreciated. If you're on Facebook, you can stay up to date with the latest episodes by following my coaching page, Transformation Wellness for Women. And finally, if you've been taking care of everyone else and now say, it's my turn to take care of me, I invite you to join our Me Time Midlife community on Facebook, where we continue the conversations we have here on the podcast. Simply go to metimemidlifepodcast.com and click on Me Time Midlife Community to learn more and join us today. It's an honor to produce this podcast for you. So thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.